Hi, I'm Nina Schacht. And I'm Jane Shake. And you're listening to Gut Talks. Double G U Double T. Just a quick one here. How are you finding it? Because I'm just going to go back to your previous example. As in, you would go on the streets and just talk to people and you have your pickup line and whatever, right? <laughs> that Nina picked on. Like, can you still go to someone's home today? Like, do they trust? I was in, I would, I've spent this whole week, I've been in four homes this week already. Okay. And last, I'm, at the beginning of the year in April, I did the same. I was going all over Berlin with, with clients, with interpreters, with cameramen in people's homes, okay. interviewing them for three hours, four hours on, on camera with interpreters. Yeah. And honestly, that is the thing why I'm still a researcher and, you know, it can be stressful, blah, 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 whatever. But the thing is, being a researcher forces me to leave my bubble. You know, well, I live in a bubble. I, I can probably enter the apartment of my friends and it might look alike, you know, but we all kind of do the same thing. I may be interested in the same thing. Of course, we are different, but hey, we live in a bubble. But research forces me to leave that bubble. I'm meeting people where I, in my private life, have, have no overlap, who I would probably never meet, who are fans of bands, where I always thought, that, oh, really? Who purchased these furnitures were thinking, like, wow, that's you. And, you know, and it's all lovely people. And the research forces me to step out of my bubble and step into a different bubble to understand it. And, and honestly, and, and that's why I love research, because I think in no other job you see so much great stuff, have so amazing conversations, and it, it, had, it enriches my life. I have to say, you know, because I, I go out there and talk to all these humans. And while we were doing it online for a while, it was still quite insightful because you, in some ways, because if you do a focus, a group discussion or interviews with people when they're in their own home, a lot of my clients really liked it, depending on the topic. I had a client, we were talking about streaming, you know, media usage and stuff. And they loved that because you could see the the living room and the, you know, the way people live and the differences or Sometimes when a child runs through the picture and a, or a cat walks across, that kind of thing. But the but actually getting out and like Nina said, visiting people in their homes or meeting them in in a context that is relevant to the research uh, is just so incredibly rich. I mean, um, yeah. we get to go through. I, I've cooked with families. Uh, yesterday, I got told by like talking to three 16 year olds about dealing with sneakers and what's a good invest and you know and how, which ones to buy and then yeah it's just we see so many different I think that's also what opens your your mind and I think if you're not that kind of person coming back to where we started earlier uh, if you don't have that kind of openness and curiosity then it's not the right job yeah yeah I mean that requires a lot of patience uh, meeting new people discovering stuff killing any assumption you had yeah yes, but you get very you get very quick at decoding yes. things and as I mentioned I said we did a lot of automotive and one of the very things that we did then exploratory research for automobile automotive companies and we visited so many people at home that I got to the stage where I could tell just by if you give me a photograph of somebody's living room I could tell them what car they own Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the, I think the other thing is what you learn throughout the job and, and don't understand me wrong here. We have to be able to build, gosh, I can't think of the English word right now. Rapport. Vertrauen. Rapport. Trust. Yes. Trust. 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 In a millisecond. In many seconds. And this is not about tricking people, 
but it's about that my interview partner who lets me a strange woman into their very intimate place that they feel comfortable with it that that is a thing you learn through all these years build rapport and trust very very quickly and on the other hand i mean that's the other side of the medal i realize when i do a lot of research visiting a lot of people at home i'm so tired because i feel like my social nerve is sore because like as a good researcher honestly you just listen um you don't ask a lot of questions you know but you just listen but it's kind of like you are like a 200% alert um, and giving so much social energy in there. So, um, yeah, that's a great thing about the job as well. It's like a goalkeeper somehow because well, you yes, have to see yes. everything. You feel yeah, everything, yeah. you see everything, you hear everything. At the same time, your brain is trying to make a checklist of what you've already understood and what to mm. ask next and what you don't understand and how to fit that into the goals of the research. And, you know, it's not you don't just sit down with them and have a conversation about their lives. You really have a you have an agenda. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes if you're yeah. you have clients sitting next to you and interpreters sitting next to you yes. and um and focusing on on that and it, I came home yesterday after spending uh like three hours three four hours talking to these teenagers and I just I went to bed at nine o'clock yeah did you have to put everything condense everything you had like in if you were you can't do that on the same day Oh, well, you're you're tired, obviously. <laughs> yes, but you can't you can't give an analysis of what I was yeah. talking to my client about this this morning because she was with me. We were at this another topic is about how do you actually synthesize, yeah, and uh, analyze what you've learned. And uh, I saw my I could just keep looking over. I was in the side eye of my client. My two clients were sitting right and left of the interpreter, and they were filling notebook after notebook after notebook. <laughs> and um, and I said to her, "Look, can't, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me about that." about those interviews, I think four interviews, four different um, uh, in-homes that we did in Berlin and we're going to Dusseldorf and Hamburg and Munich because I can't tell you right now, yeah. you know, it has to go through this process. Yeah, um, I know we're running out of time, so can I ask one more question? Okay. Yes. yes, go ahead. I want to have this last question as a tribute to Adam because that's how we met oh, yes. <laughs> through Adam Lawrence, yes, who was on yes. that talks as well, 24 and 25. I think, yeah. And the question is, because we met in a context of theater for surface design, um, so we were we were kind of wrapping up with the key points um, that you need to have, you know, you need to gain that trust and then have fun. So how do you incorporate theater? Do you do it? Well, I would say I don't incorporate it, but I see my job as impro theater because it's very comparable. You know, you kind of have a goal out there where you know I want to reach that you do have a stage with one to eight people on there you have no idea what's going to happen you get a prompt and you have to react so I don't use it I have the feeling what we do is in theater but I'd love to use it more you know like really saying like hey play a scene or whatsoever but right now I rather always feel in the midst of her in theater in my job I don't know if Jane wants to add anything to this. Yeah, I just want to, what Nina said. I, we always used to say when we were, it seems such a long time ago before COVID, when we, when the standard situation was a group discussion in a room with the mirror behind you and the, the, the clients behind the mirror and the interpreters in a little room on watching everything on a screen. We always said you play, you have to play, you're, you're doing what Nina said, which is you're acting, improv with the 
participants because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's like you have a setting, you know, where you play scenes with people that don't know that they're doing improv with you. Yes, good point. Um, yeah. And then you're acting for the people behind the mirror because they have an yes. agenda yes. and you are the filter. You know, we are. I, I see my job as being an interpreter. I translate the reality of the customer into something that the my clients can understand and use to make their business better. So you're like a kind of a conduit. So I use theater methods when I when I get the opportunity to do workshops, which is more in my other life. I use theater like everybody does in facilitation for like warm ups and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back when I was a child, I always wanted to be a musical singer. That was my goal. Oh. I love being on a stage, <laughs> but I use I I do improv. For me, improv is a sport. It's what I do to relax. It's what I do to have fun. Uh, you know, when I do it with a group of people, um, yeah. we I, I think for some people like to go and play volleyball or something, and I'm not sporty, and I love language, and I love the spontaneity and the creativity. So for me, if I do like two or three hours of impro with my with the people that I that I love to do it with, it's a way from to unwind. It's a way that my brain gets calm because it's in you're in the flow. You don't have to overthink. Because you don't have time to overthink. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. I know that we focused on the part of like doing research. Why is it important? But we did not focus on how to put everything together and how to use because it's 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 a lot of things to to cover. And I think it's an important topic to understand the why rather than just how you bring it all together. Uh, mm-hmm. At least to start. I'm not saying one is more important, but I think the why is what is missing. I also like to talk about. So anything you would like to add? Anything I missed, anything you would like to wrap up with? And I'm going to be putting all your links, by the way, in the description. I think what you just said, Maria, when you said the why and not the how, I think if you if you understand the why, we don't need to talk about the how. Because if you understand the why, then you will work out how to do it. When I first started in research, I thought the hardest part was actually running, the, doing the interviews, the most important part. But now I know that the most critical part of every research project is the briefing. If you know what, you're, what, you're, what you want to get out of it and why you're doing it, why? Then you, the how is easy. I wouldn't go that far that it's easy then, but it makes it easier. <laughs> uh, but maybe one, one thing I would like to add, going to a different direction, but coming back to gut talks. We, we haven't talked about synthesis or analysis right now, but for me, that's a lot about gut as well. Because I always tell uh, juniors or, or clients I, I'm working with, is like when we're done with research, um, don't look at your notes, don't look at the recordings, let's sit down, and what does your gut tell me, tell you? And our brains are quite well in remembering the really important things, you know, the golden quotes, the changing observations we have. And if you go into research and afterwards you sit down and read, I don't know, 200 pages of transcripts, you're never going to get to that. So if you do research and you're done, sit down, sit down with your fellow researchers and chat about it. What struck your mind? What surprised you most? What was out there that you didn't expect? And that's actually a very good north star to what you found. Yeah. And always ask the question, so what? Mm-hmm. Because so it's what? not about it's not about regurgitating what you heard and what you saw. It's like Nina said, it's you do regurgitate it, but what should come out is the answer to so what. Yeah. And I can relate to this because you've been talking to those people for so many hours and then or many of them so you, you you would see straight away you would know okay this is what comes out of it and this is needed 
and let's yeah. focus on yeah. it. Can yeah. I can I just bust a myth yeah, that yeah, I think sure. people maybe have? We don't ask people what they want. Yes. I think this is we don't, I don't know, just in case that didn't come because one of my favorite favorite quotes that I and, and I have it I think on my my LinkedIn profile I don't know is what people say, what people do, and what people say they do are entirely different things. Yeah, absolutely. Margaret, yes. Margaret yes. Mead. Uh, anthropologist this is something that guides my work a lot did, did i say ask people what they want no but i just oh, in okay. case people are what, <laughs> listening I'm to just... this just in okay. case they're listening to this and they think yeah this is great i'm going to go and talk to people about my new project product and i'm going to ask them how would how much would they pay for it for example yeah and then would go ask their mom <laughs> or their best friend and you know yes yeah. yeah that's always a not good choice yeah no thank you so much Thank you so much for being uh, on this podcast. It was really nice to see you again, actually. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting Thank us. You. It starts with the gut. It ends with the gut. It's in your gut. Gut Talks. This was the last episode of this segment with Jane Shake and Nina Shah. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And stay tuned for the upcoming episodes of Gut Talks. Gut Talks.